Lancashire at a 312 every 15 minutes. 12 stolen cars, 3 burglaries, 8 aggravated assaults, not even 8 o'clock. My entire repertoire is fucking fire Fire rings, I only walk in when the choir sings Wrote this whole rhyme on an accidental whim In the leather-bound book made of pterodactyl wings Fresher than I ever been Your head'll spin like the exorcist My shit is sick, my pen is penicillin Penmanship from penny dreadfuls Written strictly for the children F.U. is an artist who should be in everyone's playlist. He's one of those rare artists who can combine humor and wordplay while letting you know he's not the one. We last spoke two years ago about his album The F Word, and since then, the Lowlife MC has released two strong EPs and countless collaborations. In this interview, we talk about his new projects, his unique style, the independent game, his broken home family, the Lowlife art basil, and much more. Also, make sure you hit the links to support F.U.'s music and my books. Bought my first gold chain off of marijuana bread Trying to see inside my brain, it's like the Mariana's web A lot of violence going on inside my head Deep thoughts, deeper pockets like the Mariana Trench Fresh step, my gold tone from the Aztecs Ask bet and catch a tombstone in a casket A fire eulogy, messiah jewelry Write rhymes in silence with my legs crossed like Buddhist priests so I appreciate you joining us tonight and always good to catch up with you. It's been a minute. And just from looking at your Twitter feed, you know, doing some research for the interview, coming up with some questions. looks like you were hanging out with my dude Laba the other night. Oh, I actually saw Laba last night, man. He's a super cool dude, bro. You know, I would imagine that like just based on Laba's music and just knowing him and interviewing him in the past. And we did, we actually did an album together a few years ago that hanging out with him oh, is dope. probably like a, pretty unique experience yeah man the dude is hilarious and uh, he's he's wise beyond belief you know what i mean he knows a lot about the about the music game he's been around for for a long time so just kicking it with him and just getting to drop knowledge and as well as having a good time man it's dope yeah it was great hanging out with him yesterday man and you know, you've been in the industry you know professionally doing music and you know doing shows and meeting a lot of people when you meet vets who have been around what do you try to soak up from them what do you try to really learn like what's how do you approach that situation and and, and just working with older artists and talking to them i mean I'm, i've met a lot of uh i've met a lot of people that um will, will be legends in this game you know what i mean uh, become friendly with them um and i just really try to soak up their knowledge as far as uh you know how to how to maneuver through the business because the business part is the hard part the art part is easy, you know what I mean. Rapping, rapping is easy. When you're an artist, when when you're an MC, or whether you're a producer or a, you know a, a painter, that comes naturally to you. You know what I mean. It's a natural talent you have. So it's the business part that you have to navigate through and and learn a new piece of. You know what I mean. And I've gotten a lot a lot of knowledge, man, on how to how to work through the game, even through not only the record business but you know, the internet side of everything too, you know what I mean? Because that's the new way that everything's going. So I just try to soak that up, man. I just try to get the knowledge and, and I try to get stories, man. I try to get as many stories as I can from from them about how, you know, how I was back in the days because, I mean, I grew up in the 90s, so I was just a kid, but 
you know, they, they experienced shit, you know what I mean? Right. I have some amazing stories from, from Sean Price and uh, from Tragedy, you know what I mean, that I wouldn't even repeat, but they're just, like, amazing. You know, when you hear them, you're like, wow, you know? No, I, I know what you mean, and it's it's incredible the amount of history that, you know, that exists out there that's not even really documented. It's just kind of been passed on from artist to artist or artist to fan or whatever, you know, Looking at that, how how have you looked at your just looking at the business side of things? What do you do differently now than even like the last time we spoke two years ago? Well, I mean, now uh, when we spoke last time we spoke two years ago, I think it was a, a blog heavy game. Right. You know what I mean? Um, when you had uh, when you broke a new record, you had to break it through the blogs. You know what I mean? Um, now it's a it's a playlist and, and influencer heavy game you know what i mean you got to get your music to the right people with the right following who are then going to tell their following about you you know what i mean so you know spotify playlists are a big thing um uh instagram uh tastemakers are a big thing you know what i mean so it's just about trying to get your music to the right audience and the right tastemakers for them to get it out there they they they've sort of taken the I don't want to say taking the place of, of the blogs, but, you know, there's less and less blogs, unfortunately, because people are just kind of, they just want to consume shit so fast. They don't want to read through blogs anymore nowadays, you know what I mean? Which is a little sad, but that's just kind of how I focus now. I try to, I still definitely get it to the writers because I respect the writers um, more so than the playlist makers, you know what I mean? Because that's an easy job, you know, to actually be a journalist is a hard job. So I definitely get it out to the journalists and the people who still love the culture, but I try to get more music out um, to uh, playlist makers and stuff like that. It's kind of where we're headed, man. Right. Yeah. No, it seems like it's either at this point you get like what you talk about with the playlists or you get like interviews that are like a little more in depth, but like it's either all or nothing almost. There's that middle ground of like, let me just scan a blog to see what the new videos and songs of the day are like, that i mean with 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 some of the biggest blogs kind of slowing down or completely shutting their doors like not right i mean that whole medium is kind of disappearing yeah exactly uh i can't really call it as to why because it's still coming at you really fast but um i'm thinking it's just you know with with the rise of like apple music and um the the streaming sites people just want to they just want to hear it through there you know what i mean even downloads are kind of going downhill because of that because of the uh title and, and, and the streaming sites that they just want to they just want to be able to stream it they don't want to buy an album anymore why buy an album when i could just you know type in fu on apple music and i'll just stream it I mean, anytime i want to hear it why do i have to waste my you know my data or, or, or waste my uh, uh memory on my phone whatever the case is i'll just do it through that so and that kind of sucks because you know the artists lose more money that way. You don't make as much on a stream as you do on a sale. But I think um, because of that, the the playlisters and the influencers have, have risen as to uh, being able to persuade their audience on what to listen to. Well, podcasts are also huge now, too, so that's, that's, that's a good way to, to, to break in, you know what I mean? Because like you said, you could do an interview with a, a podcast that's popping, and it's just as good as doing a radio interview. Right. Yeah, no, seriously. And I've noticed with you too, like you're not putting everything you do up for streaming. And I'm guessing that's a pretty intentional decision. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, uh, I try to. I, I'm just trying to weigh my options here. Keep things where it's only available for downloads, and then keep, you know, sometimes I release free shit. You know what I mean? Um, Picasso Part One, which was the first EP we dropped last year, that was free. It was on Bandcamp, and you know, you could, you know, Bandcamp works. You could donate whatever you want, but basically, it was for free. And um, I do that now and again, but it was only on that. Um. Picasso Dose I released this year uh, along with part one and I put it on all the streaming sites and all the download sites you know uh, digitally everywhere so um, so just to try to keep some for myself you know what I mean right yeah do you find that if you do something just through Bandcamp and not through Spotify and Apple Music do you find that the sales are better but the streams are lower a hundred percent a thousand percent if you have the fan base to put something out just through Bandcamp, you're going to make more money than if you put it out through through all the streaming sites um, because of the fact that you get such a small percent per stream rather than with Bandcamp. If you have the following, you know, they'll buy your art for whatever it is that you put it for, you know what I mean? And they'll buy the whole thing. And so you definitely make more money through through something like that if you have the following, but you have to build the following. So in order to build the following, you got to put some stuff out for free. You got to put some stuff out on the streaming sites. You got to put stuff up for, for download um, so that people can play it and share, you know what I mean? Share with their friends and build that following. Right. Definitely. And when you look at building a following and really getting fans on board, I mean, sometimes that can be a slow process. What are the frustrations in terms of building that fan base and, you know, just looking at the the time it might take. I'll tell you, a real frustration is, I feel like now, nowadays, a lot of people, not everyone, they're like anti-sharing, you know what I mean? It's almost like everyone is an artist or a producer or a DJ or something, so they feel some kind of way about sharing other artists, you know what I mean? Mm. If we all came together and, and were stronger and were able to push the ego aside, um, we'd all be building more, more fan bases. But it's kind of hard to, it's kind of a catch-22 because you have to sort of have an ego to be a dope a dope MC, you know what I mean? You kind of have to think you're the shit in order to to spit the shit that we spit, you know what I mean, and be taken seriously. So it's it's almost like a, a, a balancing act between doing that and then sharing the love. I try to share the love as much as I can. Anytime you see me share anything on social media is because I like the shit. You know what I mean? It's it's never because I feel I have to or because this person is my friend, so I'm just going to share it. Like, if I see something, I hear something, I like it, I'm going to hit that share button. I'm going to get my people to listen to it. Because at the end of the day, it's just, it's all love. You know what I mean? It's, it's, about, it's about growing. Right. No doubt. I think that's really important, too, because you know, people who check your Twitter feed and, and follow you, I mean, you're putting somebody on and that's, that's that real organic process where I think fans really can find an artist that like they can see if they like him or not, not based on any hyper gimmicks, but like a real recommendation. Right. Exactly. And, it, and it's, it's almost like if you follow me and I'm telling you this dude is dope, there's a high chance you're going to also think this dude is dope if you're following me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be in that same, maybe not the exact same lane, but in at least that same kind of world. 
Right, exactly. So that, that's what that's what I try to do. That that's the only. It's not the only frustration, but it's a big frustration. You know what I mean? People don't share the music that they like. They kind of want to keep it to themselves, almost. You know what I mean? Right. And 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 then there's the other side of the spectrum where people just ride the wave, just to ride the wave. You know what I mean? They think that something's hot, so they jump on the bandwagon. You know what I mean? And that's kind of frustrating as well because it doesn't let doesn't let everyone else grow. But there's a lot of good music out there, man. I can't really complain. There's a lot of good music coming out right now. Yeah, for all the complaints I hear about, you know, hip hop is this, hip hop is that. It's like there's just, I mean, just between the different streaming platforms and um, different some different websites that really have good taste. I mean, I don't, I don't have any trouble finding music. And in, in some ways, there's just not enough time in the day to listen to everything that's really good and digested. It's like, you know, it's almost overkill. But there's definitely not enough. Like, there's definitely enough good music out there. Yeah, if, if if you're if you're a fan of of anything, if you're a fan of lyricism, there's definitely enough of that out there. If you if you're a fan of just party music, there's definitely enough of that out there. Trap music, whatever you might be a fan of, you know, there's there's a lane for you to find. And there's enough good music out there. I agree with you in the fact that there's overkill. Um, uh, uh, right now, a lot of artists are just putting out song after song after song after project after project, and I personally think it kind of it kind of kills their buzz faster because people get tired of hearing it, man. People, even though I get it, you want to, you know, you want to be out there, you want to be in everyone's face all the time, but you're also making people get tired of you quicker. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. How do you deal with that? When you look at like how easy it might be to record, especially if you have your own setup and knowing like I could put, you know, five songs out this week, but knowing like maybe it's not the best, move to do that like how do you deal with that well i mean personally i just i i I take my time with every project you know what i mean no matter what um the first picasso ep was done in a matter of a couple of weeks but i took my time building it getting the artwork you know what i mean just right and just waiting because of the fact that i move uh within a collective so you know i didn't want to drop picasso and step on you know a1's toes, you know what I'm saying, or or, or GS Advance's toes, you know what I mean? I want them to get their proper shine, and then I'll drop mine, you know what I mean? Um, I try to move that way. I don't I don't really try to put out hit after hit after hit, you know what I mean? Because I think it's just, it just deludes, it just deludes what you're doing because everything starts to sound the same after a while. You know, if you put out, if you put out, you know, song after song every week, eventually all those songs, they start to sound like the same songs, I think, you know what I mean? So it's, and people don't get a chance to miss you. You know what I mean? People don't get a chance to be like, oh, man, what happened to this dude? And you come out with something else. I just prefer that, you know what I mean? Other people, they just have a lot to say and want to put it all out at the same time. And I respect that, too. But I don't follow that. I don't go that way. And that's what I love about, you know, you look at um, Saturday Night Special Dose where you lead off saying, you know, my entire repertoire is fucking fire. And how important is that to you? You look at your catalog that you can look back and say, like, I'm proud of everything I did. You know, it's funny because, um, I forgot who I was talking to. I think I was talking to GS Advance and I was telling them, uh, it's funny because I don't feel like I've even tried yet. I, I don't feel like I've put hundred percent effort into anything yet. And I, what I mean by that is like, I'm just having fun. You know what I mean? Like uh, somebody will send me a beat, and I'll just write to it, and it, it's just it's fun, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm still in a dorm room 
fucking smoking weed with my friends and just freestyling, you know what I mean? So when I actually put forth some effort, I'm scared as to how good this shit will be, you know <laughs> You know what I mean? But I'm glad that I'm able to look back and, and do a song like Drogas, which came out fucking like uh, maybe almost 10 years ago and, and, and have it still rock, you know what I mean? I've, I did it at Art Basel this year. I was spitting people going nuts for it, you know what I mean? I'm glad I could still do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not legendary in any way, but you know, I'm just, I'm just proud of the music that that I put out, and I know it's good shit. And when it's ready, that's when I put it out. Definitely. And what's your process like determining like this is a good song? Like, like what do you scrap versus what do you keep? Honestly, that's tough to say, man, because I hate everything after a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? Usually, when as far as beat selection. It's whenever my whenever my mind starts moving, you know what I mean? If I'm listening to a beat and I'm already putting together bars, then I'm like, yeah, that's a keeper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That beat is definitely a keeper, and we're going to put that to the side and keep writing that later. You know what I mean? Um, but as far as songs, man, once I'm done putting them together, like while I'm putting them together is the best time because I'm like, yeah, this is it. I'm spitting it, and it's dope. Like After that, when I'm playing it for people, and they're telling me, yo, the shit is fire. I'm already like, yeah, I don't like that song anymore. You know, I'm already criticizing that song because I feel like I could do a better song. But it, you know, it's just whatever, whatever, whatever I feel sounds the best lyrically is what I'll put out. You know what I mean? If if I if I think I had some dope double entendres, triple entendres in there, some real slick shit in there. That's what I'll put out, just the hardest sounding shit to me. But then it's hard because, like, with Picasso, if you go through, to me, every every single song is like that. Every single song, there's some shit that you're going to miss. There's some shit that's going to make you say, oh, shit, that's crazy. So it was hard, man. Even with us, Picasso Dope, we put out four singles already, you know? Because it's like, fuck it, let's just put them all out. They're all dope. No doubt. And how have you liked doing that EP process, like the EP process and, and cause you've done two EPs in a row now, like what's that been like and how do you approach an EP versus an album? You know what, to be honest, I, I like it better for two reasons. Um, one is easier to make, it's easier to finish and put together obviously cause it's less songs, but two, because I think the people digest music differently now so i don't think they want 16 track albums anymore i mean there's maybe a few people who still do but the majority of people they after four or five songs they're done with the album after four or or either that or they pick their four or five favorite songs from the album and that's all they listen to you know what i mean from my experience from what i'm seeing so i'd rather just put the four or five because again with picasso it's picasso dose uh there's probably like 20 tracks, you know what I mean? And we only put six and six out. So the rest of them is just like, you know, we just did, we just, they just didn't make the cut. We just didn't put them out. We'll probably use them on something else, you know what I mean? But it's because I feel like, yo, keep it short, you know, concise and put the best records out. And that's how we did it. We just put the best, the best six out instead of putting 16 and six of super fire and the other 10 are kind of filler. You know what I mean? And people could tell you that, you know, all 16 will be dope, but to me, this has to be this has to be top-notch. Top-notch has got to be before I put it out, so it's easier that way. I prefer the EP process better. No doubt. So do you think you're going to stick with that moving forward? I mean, if 
I'll probably make uh, one more album that I have in the chamber that I'm, I'm planning on making. Uh, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to stick to the EP process for now. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm working on an EP with GS Advance. Um, that's going to be six tracks. Uh, we're working on some with Broken Homes. Probably going to be five or six tracks. Um, working with some on some with Cole James Cash. That's going to be like six tracks. It's just something people could just digest easier, I think. You know what I mean? Rather than going through 16 to try to find the ones you like, and you might like all of them, but you got to go through 16 tracks. Instead, you just have six where they're all fire, no problem. Right. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense with attention spans today, too. Exactly, yeah. Nowadays, man, people, they, they want this stuff faster, quicker. They want... They just want to get to the point, you know what I mean? The attention span is short. And even with the EPs, you only have really a few months for those EPs to live. It's not like back in the days where, like, you know, Life and Times of Sean Carter could live for an entire year. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that anymore. Now, you know, you only have a couple months for that for that EP or that album to, to live realistically. So, you know, it's, it's just easier that way. And what I like about the EPs, I mean looking at like what Cormega did with the Mega EP, looking at what you've been doing, is there's not enough room on those EPs to really have any creative reaches that might be so out of the lane that it just ends up being a miss. Like, I think it really right. helps like an artist stay in their lane almost. And like, because like back in the day with those like 25 track mixtapes, like, you know, we're talking like early to mid 2000s when like everyone had like a million mixtapes, you know, like yeah. there was like the club, the club mixes, the... This is my girl songs. These are my South songs. These are my West Coast songs. And like, right. it was just such a mix. It's like, who who is the artist? And like, what 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 are they really about? Um, and I feel like the EPs don't allow you really that space to do that, which I think can be a good thing. Well, I, I think it also lets you get into a zone, into a concept and stay in it. Because, um, you know, if you choose a concept for an EP, and you're trying to make fucking 16 fire tracks of the same concept, it's a little harder. Or if you make it shorter, if you make it five tracks, it's easier to stick to a concept. And I think that's needed in hip-hop too, you know what I mean? Because you, you, you want the whole thing to flow. Right. It's a lot easier to make it flow if it's five or six tracks rather than 16 tracks, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's harder to keep that flow from beginning to end. Looking at how you how you do this, man, you know, on Saks Fifth Avenue, you say a lot of violence going on inside my head. Like, where do these ideas you get come from? And just like the way you put so many abstract images together and really just create like some really powerful imagery. Like, how does that process happen for you? I mean, the lyrics, they basically just pour out of me, man. Some of the songs would be real life shit. You know what I mean? Some of the songs would be like, you know, some fantastic Donald Goins type novel shit that I'm just going through. But it's just, you know, it's just my experience through life. Like I told you um, last time we spoke, man, I, I take from everywhere. I take from comic books, movies, books, you know, um, other music. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of all types of music, man. I was just listening to, uh, I think, the, the anniversary of... Uh, Portis's head glory box was not too long ago and i was talking to one of my mans about how dope that album is you know what i mean and he had no idea and i'm like i gotta put you on i put it on he's like this shit is fire so i, I take I, I take influences from everywhere you know what i mean and scramble them all in my head and then that's why some of the references 
some of the references in some of my tracks, some people won't get because there'll be references to like a Radiohead album. So if you don't listen to Radiohead, you're not going to get that reference. You understand what I'm saying? And, and another one might be a reference to, you know, uh, uh, an episode of fucking G.I. Joe from 1984. If you didn't watch that episode, you're not going to get it. But I know there's people who have, and I know there's people like me who, who listen to MF Doom and Radiohead, and they'll get the reference, you know what I mean? So I put it all in there. Fuck it. No, I think that's dope. And I mean, I think it also when you're lyrically dense like that too, I mean, it takes more than one listen to really catch everything. So it's not like you can just like listen to it once and really feel like I got this, like onto the next. It's like you kind of get something new each time you listen to it, which I appreciate. That's what I like to do, man. I mean, I, I, I appreciate the songs that are easy to just listen to. You know what I mean? The songs that are just kind of fucking turn your mind off and just have fun. I appreciate those songs, a lot, those that type of music a lot too. Because you need that sometimes. But the the type of shit I'm trying to make, I'm trying to get you to listen to it a couple times and on the second and third listen, you'll catch different shit. Or you might catch a part of a line that went with another line that you didn't hear the first time. You know what I mean? Like, I like that shit. That, that, I try to, like, challenge myself. And I try to challenge other MCs and, and get a text from somebody like, yo, I caught that, man. That's just, ew, I, I just caught it. You know what I mean? I just caught that line and shit. Yeah, no, that's that's one of my favorite parts just about like going back to albums like over and over again is like trying to catch everything that's there. Um and you know, just looking looking at your team right now, man, Broken Home is looking really strong. You got A one, you got Spit Gems and G S Advance, like what's going on with Broken Home and like what's what's kind of that process like of you guys working together and really um doing your own thing but also repping Broken Home together? I mean, you know, the thing is that we, we came together at a point where um, we were all free, you know what I mean? And we were all just hanging out all the time and shit. And that camaraderie stays with you. Nowadays, it's harder, you know what I mean? Our kids are a little more grown. Um, our responsibilities are a little bit bigger, you know what I mean? We, we, we can't stay in the studio doing mushrooms for fucking two days straight. So it's a little... Um, it's a little harder to get together, but we're definitely planning something big, man. We're definitely planning to uh, get together, lock in in the studio for two days, record the whole process, and try to put a project out of that. You know what I mean? But it's harder to get everyone together at the same time because of life. You know what I mean? You, you know how it is. Life gets in the way sometimes, but we still have that camaraderie. We still fuck with each other, and we still, yo, if you need something from me, Boom, we record it, whatever. I'll either go to the studio or whatever, send me the track. And it's always pushing each other, you know what I mean? GS got something coming out, I'm going to push it. You know what I mean? If uh, Gems got something coming out, I'm going to push it. And then once we when we get together, we have tracks that are in computers that are super, super ill that haven't seen the light of day yet, you know what I mean? Because it's just not time. It's just we got to get together, put everything out at the same time. Just like when we put our home run derby a couple of years ago, that shit was a banger, and we were supposed to follow up, but we couldn't. Man, we got in the way, so we let that one fly. But we're planning something big, believe me. You know that, like like a collab project. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, all four of us are locking into a studio, uh, and we're gonna put some shit out. Nice. 
Yeah, I love the A's project, man. He he dropped a great one um, this winter as well. So I mean, it, I think it'll be great to. I've always been a fan of Spit Gems too. So I mean, hearing everybody together would be a great thing. I think it's dope because we all have different styles. You know what I mean? We all have different. We all have different sounds and different styles of the way we spit. Um, but when we all come together, we can make a dope song. You know what I mean? Because we all take our we all take our craft seriously. Right. Yeah, and, and, and GS, man, I mean, as far as, like, rocking over his beats, too, like, what's that been like for you? And what's your what's your process, creative process like with him? You know what? Working with GS Advance is probably some of my favorite shit, man. I've been working uh, most recently with him because, like I said, we're working on a project together. And uh, it's dope because I just I go to his crib and we'll work on a track together and we'll have fun and we'll drink some mead. We'll go fucking, we'll go to the halal car, get some food. And then it's like the last few projects that I worked with producers, it's hard because they make the beat and then they send it to me. And then I kind of produce the project myself. Uh, with GS, he'll make the beat, but he'll also produce it with me. So he'll be there when I'm spitting and I'll give him an idea. Yo, let's do this. Let's take this out. He'll say, nah, you know what, Dude, let's take this part out. Let's raise this level, you know what I mean? So it's actually like really working with a producer hands-on, you know what I mean? So it's it's been mad fun, man. It's been a lot of fun. No doubt. And, I mean, yeah, I, I love what he's doing too. And just I think he's, you know, I'm looking forward to what, what you guys can come up with together, um, especially as that whole Broken Home Collective. Um, I know you also hit up that Low Life Art Basil that was a couple months ago. What was that like, and how important is it for you to to rep at those low life events? Man, let me tell you something. Art Basil to me is dope during the day. Um, during the day is ill, man, because there's a lot of street art going on, live painting, live events. Um, it's really dope to just walk up and down the street and then, you know see seeing people hitting up walls and nobody's you know nobody's bothering them you know seeing people doing their art on the street performing art and all that at night it turns a little bit into uh kind of a yuppie drug fest if you will a lot of fucking kids running around coked out of their mind just looking to party um so it's not the same but the one standout event was the low life weekend that was the one thing like you can hear the hip-hop down the street and you can kind of make your way to it you know what i'm saying so that shit was super dope and everybody came out man because it was right on the strip and everybody heard the music and they're like kind of drawn to it you know what i mean so it was a super fun event man and i i always like to like to rep for thirst man because you know thirst been doing it forever man he's been repping the culture forever so i always like to show up to those events one half because, you know, I respect those guys and shit, and and the other half because I, you know, I'm, I like to show off my shit too. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like to show off my fucking nice clothing. You know, like like I'm <laughs> like I'm saying in fucking uh, Saturday Night Dose, man. You know, I throw away clothes that you're standing in line for. That's that's the truth, man. I'm giving away clothes that are coming out now, and people are waiting on to win in raffles and shit. Like I, I gave them clothes away. You know what I'm saying? So I like to show off my shit too. Hell yeah! What's coming up that you're excited about? Well, I just I just read that they're uh, putting uh, Five Horsemen back out, which is dope. I'm looking forward to that. That was one of my favorite pieces 
Um, I never got to get my hands on the white one, so hopefully I can now. I don't do that whole resale and, you know, pay double for shit. Like, I either get it, I get it through a connect, or I buy it myself, or I'll go to the store, but I don't I do not do that whole fucking resale, pay twice for it or whatever. I never did, and I, and I never will, so hopefully I get my hands on it this time. I'm looking forward to that. And um, there's some there's some dope shit coming out in the fall, some rugby shit coming out in the fall. I like the big graphics, you know what I mean? My girlfriend always makes fun of me because she's like, oh, man, you're wearing these shirts with the big graphics and shit like you're 17 years old. <laughs> I like that shit, man. To me, to me, that's 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 the dopest shit, you know what I mean, with the, the mountain climber graphic or the tennis player graphic or the big bear or the big rugby players. That's the shit I like because it's like, you know, it's like gaudy. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's yeah, it like a big sure. fucking yeah. It's like a big painting on your chest and shit. You know what I mean? So it stands out exactly. And like, I mean, you know, there's clothes to be comfortable in and there's clothes to be classy in, but then there's clothes to just be fucking looked at in. You know what I mean? I want to be when I'm wearing that shit. I want to be looked at. No doubt, man. Do you feel like 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 Ralph Lauren, like the company too, is? more accepting of, of just the low-life culture? And, I mean, do you find that they're pretty supportive of the low-lifes in general at this point? I don't know if they're supportive of the low-lives, you know what I mean? I, I definitely can see with them hiring younger executives, younger designers um, at Ralph Lauren, so they're more plugged into uh, the street culture, you know what I mean? And being plugged into the street culture... You, you know, you got to know about the low lives and shit. So I'm sure they brought that to the table. And, um, you know, because look at all the pieces, all the pieces that we've been wearing for a long time. They're, they're coming back out with them. And uh, they, they have mentioned uh, the low lives a couple of times. But as far as them being supportive of the low lives, I really don't know about all that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'd like to see some Ralph Lauren sponsored low life events. Now, if you got if you start doing that. You know what I mean? Then, then I could see them fucking supporting. You know what I mean? Right. Do you, what's the balance, man, between like you know? Because you'd have a way better idea of this than I would. Like, like low life events having you know low lives and and people who truly rep for the culture versus like you said earlier, some of that kind of yuppie culture that knows this is something cool but like doesn't really get it but wants to be a part of it. You know what? It's totally different than it than than it would be back in the days. Um, you know, you talk about the the '90s and the 2000s because you know I'm not obviously I'm not from the '80s. I was too young, but <clears throat> in like the mid to late '90s, 2000s, it'd be some like, yeah, you coming to this party, you're gonna get robbed. If you're not part of, if you're not part of it, something's gonna happen to you and shit. But now it's more inclusive. It's like fuck it, let's all have fun. You know what I mean? As long as you know where you're at, as long as you respect the boundaries that, 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 that's going on, you know what I mean? And because you, you don't have people coming in and trying to flash their money and act like they're better than you. You don't have that going on. So it's cool. It's, it's more inclusive. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just let, let everybody have some fun. Why not? You know what I mean? If they want to be, they want to be part of the culture, but you know, they can't be low lives until they have their L's. So, I have seen people throwing up. I think there was a. Uh, I forgot what I saw, man, in the magazine. Some fucking, 
some model was throwing up the L's. I don't know what the guys thought about that. You know, you'd have to ask them personally. But I thought it was funny. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? She obviously don't know what that means. But, I, you know, it's a more inclusive inclusive kind of thing now. You know what I mean? A low-life event for everybody. Right. Well, I mean, you, you look at, like, what people like Thurston and Rack Lowe have been doing for years. It's like, you know, it's good to see... <laughs> them finally get their due in some some form in some way because like oh yeah definitely they put it down yeah definitely it's really good to see them getting a little more acknowledgement from that side you know what i mean um i wish they'd give more acknowledgement to some of the other founders but it, it's it, they've been putting it down for years and it's really dope to see them finally um getting that kind of acknowledgement from that end no doubt. Who else do you feel should be kind of getting a little bit more run and a little more attention? Well, you know, there's, there's Disco, there's Barlow, you know what I mean? There's Prancer. Well, Prancer gets dudes, but it's like um, I feel I feel like the industry's still a little bit too scared to really get to the nitty-gritty and the real history. You know what I mean? Again, I'm no, I'm no kind of so I didn't grow up in that era, so I don't want to uh, speak out of turn, but... I think they're still scared to get down and ask the real questions from the real guys who were there. You know what I mean? Um, but it's great that, that they, that they, they're showing recognition to, to thirst and rack and all that stuff. You know what I mean? That's dope. Right. But there's more, there's what you're saying is there's more beneath the surface than what we're, what we know right now. Oh, definitely. And there's definitely a grittier story. And I think maybe that's why they don't want to touch on it too much. You know what I mean? They don't want to get they don't want to get their nails dirty too much, right? No, no doubt that makes sense, man. You know, you you also talk about you know going to see Captain Marvel, doing the daddy daughter thing, man. Um, first off, I mean, was Captain Marvel worth seeing? Is it is it as good as I'm hearing? Um, look, it's definitely worth seeing. It was definitely a good movie. The cinematography was actually great. I don't know. A lot of people don't really give a fuck about that, but I thought the cinematography was, was awesome. The story was a little corny to me. They don't really follow. Obviously, a lot of the movies don't follow the comic books, but it was a little little corny. Uh, Brie Larson and Jude Law's acting was atrocious. Mm. Their acting sucked, for real. It was trash, but... Um, the movie was good overall. I mean, I had a good time watching it, and that was it's kind of the point, you know what I mean, to have a good time watching the movie. So, and I thought it was a good little uh, addition to uh, to Marvel. We'll see what they do with Endgame. I think that's really what everybody's waiting for to see the next Avengers movie and how she plays into that. But she's a powerful character, man, and, and um, it's, she she fucking definitely kicked some ass in the movie too. So, I would I would say go see it, but. If you're looking for amazing acting, which a lot of people aren't when they go to most movies, you know, this ain't the one. But you should still definitely see it, especially if you're a fan. I mean, you can't miss it. No doubt. And what about um, just fatherhood in general, man? Like, what's your approach? Because, I mean, you, you talked about how, like, studio sessions had to get kind of revamped and certain things you could do in the past you can't do now. You know, how has being a father changed you and what's your approach to parenting? Well, you know, I, I always feel like you have to be honest with your kids, as honest as you can. I mean, yeah, you have to shield them from certain horrors of the world, you know what I mean? But um, the best policy to me is to be as honest as you can be. And right now, my daughter's 16, you know what I mean? So 
I got to be there for her. I got to hear her out and I have to see her side of things the way I saw my side of things at 16 and steer her in the right direction. Because I came from the era where, you know, your father just slapped the shit out of you if you fucked up. You know what I mean? You might, your mom might hit you with a chancleta if you're acting stupid. Nowadays, that's not that can't really rock. You know what I mean? It doesn't rock the same way. Sometimes it does, but you're better off, you know, trying to give advice and just trying to be honest and see their point of view. So that's what I try to do. And I see that that brings me closer to my daughter. You know what I mean? Right. I've, I've been able to to steer her in, in the right direction so far, and I hope I keep doing that. And, um, you know, we're real tight, man. We're real tight. She's just like me. She listens to all different kinds of music. She listens to, she's into fashion and all that. She's into the comic book movies. So we're cool, man. I just try to keep it like that. I'm still the dad at the end of the day. And I still rule with an iron fist at the end of the day. But... I try to see things through her eyes. I try to remember when I was 16 and shit, you know what I mean? Or when I was 13 or whatever the case is, however old they are. Yeah, no, that's, that's not always easy, man. But I mean, it's definitely important. Yeah, it's definitely. And it's important to be there too, man. Cause when she was younger, you know, I wasn't there as much because, you know, I was fucking around, man. I was in the studio and, uh, or I was, you know, out on, on a tour or DJing or whatever the case is, and I wasn't there a lot. And as she got older, I was like, I got to be here more, man. I got to be around when she gets out of school and awake and attentive. I can't be sleeping and trying to cure off a hangover. That shit is no good anymore. You know, she's getting to the age where now she realizes shit. <laughs> so mm. I had to uh, kind of fall back from that. And the same thing with everybody else, man. You know, they saw the same. You know, deadbeat dads and broken home, you know what I'm saying? You know, there be dads in my circle. You know what I mean? Everybody is a respectable human being. So so we all kind of fell back a little bit to, to dedicate more of ourselves to our kids. Right. No, no doubt. That's that's so important, man. And, you know, looking at what you got coming up. So more music, Broken Home, um, more movies with the daughter, man. Like, what what's what's on your plate? What else is going on with in the world of FU? Man, it's funny that you say that because, you know, after uh, – after Picasso, I had planned one more album, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, chill out, you know what I mean? Um, but things are coming up, you know. Uh, Cole James Cash, he he hit me off with some with some beats that are too fire, so we're gonna put an EP out. I'm working with GS Advance on the EP. We're gonna put out a Broken Home EP, um, and then then I'm gonna start working on my album and shit, my magnum opus. So there's definitely a lot more music coming out, man. I got a joint coming out with uh, Born Unique um, not too long from now. Um, I got a show coming up at the Delancey on April 3rd, kind of celebrating the success of Picasso. Um, so, yeah, more music, more videos. Definitely everything's everything's working, man. Every, we're going to be staying busy. And because, you know, I have to thank everybody who did show support for Picasso because of that, that I could continue to make more music. At the end of the day, I would just be making music for myself anyway. So I'm glad I'm able to make music and put it out and people can receive it. I'm going to
giant in a sport coat RL wardrobe Leather duster where I keep the coke and the smoke rolled Bad motherfucker, you should know who you fucking with Spit in the wind, taunt the bull for the fuck of it Traveled on a silver surfboard from the mothership I was born a grown man, double fist in my mother's tits My spaceship parked in the basement Remote start, two clicks in and we racing I never ever lose unless I'm losing my patience